This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. Yes, it is your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim, coming to you with a national championship recap show. My fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby, and myself are back from Columbus, and we have on our show today none other than Big Bucket Getter, clutch shot maker, <laughs> ice water veins. That's right. We've got Notre Dame's Arike Ngubawale on the show, as well as Muffet McGraw, who now has two national championships to her name. So, so much to discuss. But before we do that, let's hear some thoughts from our fantastic ESPN analysts on the Final Four, Kara Lawson and Rebecca Lobo, to give us some perspective on what we saw. I can't think of a weekend. I mean, all three games, guys. I mean, overtime games, both games going to overtime for the first time in tournament history in the semifinals. And all I'm thinking going into the championship is I don't know if it can live up to Friday, but, you know, may, maybe hopefully it'll be close in the fourth quarter and <laughs> we get a near buzzer beater for the national championship. And it's the same player that hit the shot, Arike Gumbawale, in the semifinals. And so much becomes players just making plays. It's not their offense. They're just going one-on-one -on -one and beating us. You have to have the players with a mindset to do that. Agumbawale, Marina Mabry hitting a huge three after she hadn't been able to hit anything from the perimeter. They just have players with mental toughness who can get things done. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. You heard Kara talk about the overtimes and then the big clutch shots. Tarika, I'm still exhausted. I don't know what life is like to be normal anymore because <laughs> that this past weekend has just put me on a whole new atmosphere that I just I don't know how to leave. I can't I can't leave it. Like I don't I don't I don't want to go away. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, yeah, I I just I don't even know where to start. So anyway, first of all, you heard Carol Lawson, Rebecca Lobo. They were with Adam Amin. They did a fantastic job on calling the game. Holly Rowe was on sideline, who is the best of the best. Um, and then in studio, we had Maria Taylor, Andy Landers, Nell Fortner. Congrats to ESPN on fantastic coverage um, the whole entire weekend. But Tariqa, I mean, for for me, Katie Smith getting inducted to the Hoop Hall, mm -hmm. as well as uh, Tina Thompson, huge. Then we had Cheryl Miller and Annie Myers and Lisa Leslie and Nancy Lieberman in town giving out award position awards. I mean, the greats of the games were there. I mean, this event was so big and you could feel it, right? right. Um, there was so much going on. We had our Women's Basketball Hall of Fame inductees there, including Mickey DeMoss and, and Chris Daly, two assistants that have been integral in the growth of our game. We had the WBCA All-Americans recognized. Asia Wilson swept all of the player uh, of the year awards that weekend. Um, those are the things that will always stand out to me before we even get to the game is just how big it felt. Shout out to Columbus. Our friend Bruce Wimbish did a fantastic job. There was uh, always great places to eat in Columbus. Mm -hmm. There was always something to do. Everything was close. Uh, the WBCA convention was outstanding. Um, beyond the baseline, the NCAA did a fantastic job. We were a part of that. The salute uh, dinner was, was phenomenal. I, I just couldn't get enough. I'll tell you, being from the Midwest, you think of a city like Columbus and you're like, really? 
that's an interesting place to hold a final four and and then you're there and you're entranced in all the activities the hospitality of everyone there i mean from the wait staff to the hotel managers to the people working at nationwide arena and it was literally an event that i don't think i could ever um see someone replicating like it was just that good well, that is from Tarika and I. But we have two special guests that are going to blow you away with their recap of what happened in Columbus. And we are excited. Tarika is the bomb. And she was able to get Arike Agumbawale as well as Muffet McGraw um, on our show today. So you will hear from both of them in a moment. And we just want to, again, say thank you to everyone for the support on our live show. And without delay, let's get into it. First quarter. Fans, it's the first quarter, and Tarika and I wanted to do a recap before we get to Muffet McGraw and Arike Aguba Wale of just the overall tournament. Tarika, what stands out to you? Well, there were a few things I think that stood out for me early on. I mean, from let's start at the Sweet 16. The mid major love in this tournament this year was amazing. Seeing Central Michigan and Buffalo be in a position um, that they were in to me was something that I think that we will definitely always remember. And I think it also gives programs a a lot of excitement heading into next year. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely major for the game to have that kind of parody. Um, shout out to the Mac, you know, to bring some new stars to the game. But also something that stood out to me was just all of the seniors, you know, all the players that we watch play their last game, whether it's Kelsey Mitchell or mm-hmm. um, Asia Wilson or Jordan Canada, um, you know, Lexi Brown, like across the board, some of the, the players that have given so much to the game, Aisha Hines-Allen, given us so, so many great memories over time, um, you know, their careers came to an end. So it was a little bit sad, but it, it allowed us a chance to reflect on how much they've given to the game. I was happy to see that the attendance was up um, in the NCAA tournament, so the support was there. But then we also saw the future stars. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu, 10 triple-doubles now. Mm-hmm. How fantastic was she to watch, you know? And, and just looking ahead to what's to come, you know, whether it's, uh, okay, now it's Katie Lou time at UConn. You know, thank thank you to, to Kia Nurse and Gabby Williams for the fantastic memories and everything that they have done to help grow the game. But it, it's still in good hands. And um, I know a lot will happen between now and the start of next season, but we just want to give a shout out to all the media, the fans, the teams, everyone that put so much into making this tournament a success because it actually started back in November, you know, with our first games and even before that with our first practices, so much effort, um, all the networks, all the analysts, the play-by-play, you know, obviously ESPNW and ESPN, which support us. Um, just want to say thank you. It's been a fantastic year. The tournament was great, but... We got to get to the show of the show. We do. So let's push to Arike Agumbawale in the second quarter. Second quarter, player's perspective. A tremendous overtime win. I can't emphasize enough. This is a Notre Dame team that has four players in their rotation out with ACL injuries. More ACLs than they have on losses on the season. And they were able to do this with a six-player rotation. And they cobbled together enough on the defensive end. Not a great Notre Dame defensive team. Right. They played great tonight, but they weren't great all season. Kudos to Muffin McGraw and her staff. This was a brilliant game plan and brilliant execution by her players. That was our own Carol Lawson just setting up 
the storyline for Notre Dame this year. That's right. They had four ACLs and three losses on the season. Those ACLs forced Muffet McGraw to make changes to her lineup. She had no scholarship guards coming off of the bench. She had two players that could play off the pine that were on scholarship. They were both post players. We saw the emergence of Marina Mabry at the point guard spot who, I mean, in the first and second rounds and the Sweet 16, she was really the player that willed them uh, to get to the Final Four. But then Arike Agumawale showed up in Columbus. You know that we couldn't end our Around the Rim season without paying our respect to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and Tarika because she is a ridiculously outstanding, fabulous producer, was able to book not not like, you know, with a lot of notice or, I mean, she just pulled this together, I don't even know how, and got the most popular person in sports right now on the show, and that is Arike Agumbawale. Welcome, Arike. Hi, how you doing? I mean, you're like the biggest star right now. I don't even know if just in sports. Like, like seriously, tell me right now, how jumping is your social media at this point? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, the notifications I'm getting, the likes, the comments, like, it just does not stop. I mean, I posted your Sports Illustrated picture on my social, on my Instagram, and girl, Lisa Leslie was on that thing. Like, yes, okay? Like, (laughs) that made my day when the greats come in. But obviously, this is for good reason, because you had, I mean, to me, arguably one of the best clutch performances in sport history. Definitely the best Final Four I've ever been in in Columbus. What have have your last few days been like since you hit – uh, the game-winning shot to win the national championship? I mean, it's just been insane. Just a lot of media attention. I think not just for me, but for women's basketball in general, that so much, so many people around the world are talking about it. I think that's great for the sport. Was there anyone that stood out to you that was talking about your performance or reached out to you, other than Kobe, of course, other than the Kobe <laughs> Bryant? Was anyone else that uh, really stood out to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Gabrielle Union tweeted, Dwayne Wade tweeted, DeMar DeRozan, J.J. Watt, like a lot of different celebrities did. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Okay, so we got to get to it because we don't have you for long. From what I understand, you're going to be on Ellen's show. Is that right? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Hey, we've been trying to get Ellen in on the women's game for a minute. So it took Arike (laughs) for us to get Ellen. We tried to get Ellen when Minnesota won their championship last year. So shout out to you for that one. So let me just ask you, did somebody make you bad coming into Columbus? Like, was there something that happened? You have to tell us, like, whoever it is, I'm going to thank that person. But what? why why was your mindset where it was coming into the Final Four? What happened, Arike? I mean, I had a lot of conversations with Miel, and she's like, this is your time. But I think my big brother, we had a long conversation on the phone before. He was like, this is your time. I mean, you're a great player, and this is the biggest stage in college basketball. It's time to go be legendary, and I really took that to heart. Legendary is the perfect word for it. I mean, let's just start with the UConn game, right? We all knew, I knew at least, because – the UConn Notre Dame rivalry is amazing. It's given us some of our best basketball. Coming into that game, and and you guys were ready from the tip. What was the discussion? What were the motivations? What was happening there as you guys were getting ready to face the Huskies? I mean, I think the main motivation is just for the game to get to the national title, regardless of all the the rivalries and all that. Like this is another step for us to reach our goal that we've been talking about all season. I think 
we were just extremely motivated. We felt like we gave the game away in December because we were up by 13 going into the fourth, and we happened to lose, so we didn't want that to happen again. And I think that was all the motivation for us that we had to, you know, play like we usually play. And we'll get to the specifics of the comeback against Mississippi State because you guys were down 15, the largest deficit Mm -hmm. overcome to win a national championship. But as far as the Connecticut game, take us back to that final shot that you hit. Uh, I believe it was on the Fisa Collier on a switch. What happened on Mm -hmm. that play? I mean, my teammates trust me to have the ball at the end of the quarter. They always do, so they had confidence in me, but... Uh, Gabby was guarding me at the time, and you could see it in her eyes. She wasn't going to let that happen twice in a row. So I was like, Jess, like, come set the screen because they were switching everything. So she, uh, Nafisa switched on to me, and I saw she was a little jumpy with the defense. So I was going to actually try to go to the basket, but I saw when I crossed over, she went back, and I was like, I got to shoot this. So did did you guys talk about setting that screen for the switch? Was that something, you know, Muffin told you to look for, or was this just something you were no. in the moment and – yeah, it was definitely in the moment. I just called Jess. I was like, just pointing. I was like, set the screen. <laughs> wow, that is crazy. I'm looking at some information here on, on your shots. And you took 42 shots in the final four. 38 were contested. All 15 of your makes were contested of a contested variety, including both of your game winners. Now, Let's go go to that Mississippi State game because I'm sitting there, right? I'm, everybody's like, this is getting ready to go into overtime. It's three seconds left. Yeah. And you guys had fought back. First of all, let's start with this. You've been a great third quarter team. I saw it in Oregon. I was lucky enough to have you guys starting in Spokane. What happened in the third quarter or halftime um, against Mississippi State that allowed you guys to to come back from that deficit? deficit? I mean, we we're in the locker room. The coaches are telling us, like, this is not how we're going to win. Like, you guys aren't playing basketball how we're supposed to be playing. Like, we only scored three quarters in that quarter, and I think we have the lowest scoring quarter of our season, maybe, I don't know, of the whole NCAA, but – or the scoring half because they only scored 17. And they're like, we have to go out. Like, they're not going to give it to us. We need to go out and play strong. We need to box out because they're killing us on the boards, and that's what we tried to do. I mean, we tried to just come out with more intensity in the third quarter. Yeah, I had this feeling in my mind that you guys have been such a great third quarter team because third quarter, you're, you don't have to worry about fouls as much. Maybe that's me, yeah. but I kept saying against Mississippi State's defense, you guys were being a little bit hesitant, not really fighting to get open like I'm used to. And even as far as trying to drive against the pressure, it seemed a little bit, but I know with that seven player rotation, you've had to be weary of fouls. Did that play into how you, your mindset in the third quarters? I mean, yeah, definitely. Some of our key players got in foul trouble, and that makes us a little more hesitant, especially going against the pressure. You don't want to get charges. They were really stepping in the paint and trying to clog it up, so we have to be really careful. So you saw a little shaky D. You stepped back. You know, well, actually, take us through that play. Okay, we talked about the feast in the UConn game, but take us through how you got the shot off against Vivian, who was a who was a taller player and had that hand. We see, we saw the picture. She had that hand out there. What was going on? I mean, we were originally supposed to go to Jess because she was having such a dominant game, and we were going to try to give it to the post her to go to work just since Big T uh, fouled out, especially, but. Me and Jackie talked before. She was like, if I don't think I can get the pass to Jeff, like, I'm passing it to you. So, Kat set a screen. And, uh, I mean, I got loose for, like, a split second. So, I got to her. I was like, here, here, like, throw it. And I don't think Victoria could have even played any better defense because her hand was really right in my face. Like, if, if, the close, <laughs> if she was any closer, like, she probably would have fouled me. So, I think she played great defense. But 
don't know. It just I was able to get it off. When that ice is on, that ice is on, girl. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say. So, um, it, previously in your career, take us back to young Arike. Have you always been a clutch performer? Like I remember through the season that your fourth quarter scoring was stupid. So late game, we know you come up big. But is that something that you know you've been doing since you were younger, or you know watching highlights of someone? You're like, okay, yes, I, I need to have these big moments. Like how far back does the Clutch go. I mean, I've had a couple game winners. Like I had a couple in high school uh, against some teams, but I don't know. I think when pressure gets, I really, I love the pressure. I love big moments like that. And I think when those times come, that's why. I mean, I think I scored high average in fourth quarters just because when it's pressure and when my team needs me, I really come through for them. So you had 145 points in the during the NCAA tournament, which is, let's see, Cheryl Swoops is one. She had 177. Shamiko Holesclaw had 158 and 98. Tarazi had 157 in 2003. Candace Wiggins had 151. So you are fifth on that list at 145. But did you hear those names that I just called? And mm-hmm. you're, one point, you're one point in front of Maya Moore for a single NCAA tournament. What what does that mean to you to be mentioned amongst the greats of the game? Yeah, I mean, that's just a blessing to even be in the same conversation as them just because they've done so much for women's basketball. And they're, they're already established great players. They're going to be Hall of Famers, some Hall of Famers already. So it's just amazing. And we know that, you know, Notre Dame had won a championship almost, I mean, to the day. I think it's 17 years to the day um, that you guys won. 2001, your guard coach, Neil Ivey, was on that team. How much did that play in? Did they talk about that at all? Um, Or how much did that kind of play into your team's mindset about what you could do on this stage? I mean, Neil talks to us a lot, like, we always talk about the 2001 national championship team and the greats there, but she was like, you guys have a chance to build Lexi and be in a conversation that they're going to say is 2018 national champ for Notre Dame. So I think we really took that to heart and wanted to go out there and do something special. Wow. So what do you guys go? Where do you go from here? Like <laughs> you're on top of the mountain. You look forward to next year. You get Brianna Turner, you know, yes, you, you, you lose Coco and, and Cat Westbelt and, you know, you guys, you do lose some pieces, but I mean, it's looking pretty good for you guys moving forward. In your in your mind, what happens from here for not just Arike but for Notre Dame? I mean, we're going to try to do it again. We have great pieces coming in. The freshmen coming in, they're really good. And we're going to have Brianna turning back, which is a huge lift for us. And we, got, we have a lot of returning. I mean, four stars returning. So I think we're going to be really good next year, too. Crazy. Well, before we let you go, because we know you got Ellen Wade, man, we can't compete with Ellen, Tarika. I mean, we can, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know how we, we sleep this in. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going to try to compete with Ellen, but if there was something you wanted people to know about Arike, because that's the thing right now. Like, everybody wants to know, who is this player? Other than you love Kobe, which I don't, I said that when Kobe walked in with that beanie on and said UConn, that that might have fired y'all up. Did you see Kobe come in with that on? Yeah, I mean, I, me and Jess actually we went to a locker room during warm ups. It was like five seconds left before the uh, they were gonna call out the stars and all that stuff. So we went to locker room and I, I thought I saw his daughter at first. I was like, no, nah, I'm tripping. And then I, a couple steps later, I saw him. I was like, wait a second, like that's Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> were you mad at the Mamba for his UConn uh, support? Nah, I mean that's the team he's always been going with. But hopefully, we changed his mind a little bit. 
<laughs> you definitely got his attention. So what do you want the fans to know about Arike? I don't know that I'm a down-to-earth person. And, I mean, basketball is just something I do, but it's not the total package for me, and that's not something that, that overtakes my personality and all that. I mean, you got ice water. I can add that to the list. Uh, <laughs> you're from, you're, me- you're representing Milwaukee, right? Yes, of course. Oh, man, that's awesome. We're, we're so happy for you. And, wow, just what, it, I've been to 17 Final Fours. This is the best one. I thought it was 16. I've actually been to 17. This is the best one ever. We just want to thank you for the memories, for what you brought to the game, for your level of excellence, for that clutch shooting. Like, my life has not been the same since. Like, my heart (laughs) is still beating like crazy. So we just want to thank you for those moments. Thank you for your time. And enjoy this, man. You deserve it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, basketball fans, stay right where you are because coming up after the break, we have the Hall of Famer, Muffet McGraw joining the show, who's going to give us an in-depth look from the coach's perspective of exactly how the Fighting Irish won their second national championship. And don't forget, if you want to reach Tariq and I on Around the Rim, you can use our hashtag Around the Rim on Twitter. I am at LaChina Robinson. She is at She Knows Sports underscore and don't forget to download our podcast to subscribe you can comment and review um, on the espn app but also on apple Podcasts. we would love for you to become a fan of women's basketball and on around the rim we talk to the latest and greatest stars in the game but stay where you are in a moment we will have muffet mcgraw third quarter coaches corner Coach McGraw, thank you for joining hey, our show. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was amazing! Like I, Isn't she's she getting ready. Great? To, she's getting ready to be on Ellen. Are you kidding I me? Know. <laughs> <laughs> like we've been, we've been trying to get Ellen to pay attention to women's basketball for forever. Like this is really? a win for oh, wow. for everyone. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we actually did a social media campaign once Minnesota won their fourth uh, title. Just please, Ellen, they want to be on your show, and they got no love. So Arike's oh, making wow. big That's things funny. happen. <laughs> But thank you for joining the show. I mean, we are just, Tariq and I, I, my heart is still beating so fast. I'm not over Columbus, clearly. Um, The (laughs) most exciting final. I haven't slept a wink in like two weeks. I was gonna say, what what has what has that time since Arike hit that shot over Mississippi State? What has this time been like for you? It has been a wild ride. It's just starting from coming back to campus and having a couple thousand people come out and welcome us back, and then uh, just, you know, taking care of some media obligations, but just generally walking around town with a big smile on my face everywhere I go. People are so <laughs> excited for us. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, I saw the pictures of the crowd when you guys got back to South Bend. Just so much love. And there should be. But this is your second national championship. How is this one different from 2001? You know, I think the biggest difference is the social media. We didn't have it back then. So you weren't watching replays of the game on the plane coming home. You were waiting to get home, put the VHS tape in, <laughs> turn on the VCR, and, uh, you know, nobody was tweeting about anything. So the media attention, it was like while we were there, and then, you know, like we got home, and it was just a lot different in terms of, of that part of things. I think there's a lot more interest now. Uh, I think with the uh, the whole women's Final Four has just gotten a lot bigger, and there's so much more attention paid to it. 
Oh, yeah. Social media was jumping. I mean, there was so much happening. We were just talking to Arike about the number of people and the people in general who have reached out to her. Has there anyone in particular um, said anything to you or someone that meant something to you, special to you, reached out after you guys won? Yeah, Condoleezza Rice. I, I was I was thrilled that she reached out and uh, texted me and and told me what a, an exciting game it was, and and then tweeted something about us. Also, um, Steve Spurrier called me. I've had just some interesting people, kind of out of the blue, uh, that have watched the game, and we're just so excited for us. Well, take us back because you were down 15 points to Mississippi State. What a what a different first half to second half. And you guys have been so good second half of games. I mean, I had you against Oregon. I mean, you've done this all year. You think about Tennessee, which was a turning point, uh, you know, in your season. But against Mississippi State, what what did you tell your team at half that led to the third quarter that we saw? You know, we talked mainly about composure because we completely lost our composure. We didn't really, we couldn't get into any offense because of their pressure. Their defense was tremendous. Vic Schaefer, wow, what a job he does with his defense. We couldn't get anything going. We'd have people open, but we couldn't throw them the ball. We, we, we weren't running the right stuff, weren't executing. I mean, it was, it was about as bad as it could be. And to score three points in a quarter for us was really, that was kind of a low point of the season. So, you know, we, we kind of regrouped. We talk about our, our mental game, how we had to focus. We, we kind of lost our minds for a couple of minutes there and came out in the second half. And I don't know why we're a second-half team, but, you know, it, it has been this team's M.O. every year to uh, just come out in the second half. Now, in, in the game situations, you know, against UConn and against uh, Mississippi State, Arike hits two incredible, incredible shots. What What is happening with you and your conversation with your players, end of game? Are you allowing them their freedom? Do you know where they're going to get these shots? Like, take us through what was happening in, in those situations. Well, you know what's funny as a coach, you know, well, you know this as a player, you, you work on special situations at practice all the time. We have yes. late game <laughs> plays. We have been running them every practice for the whole season. And, you know, I watch games on TV and I think, oh, what are they going to do? I watch the NBA and they give it to some guy who breaks somebody down off the dribble and they score. And that's exactly what happened. We, we had a play. It, uh, it, you know, the first option wasn't there. The second option with three seconds left really was for Rika to just take a shot. But the Connecticut game, we actually had a plan for that that completely went awry. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we ended up with the ball close to half court, not exactly where we wanted to give it to her, but as it, you know, as it just, Luck of the Irish, I guess it just worked out. <laughs> you you have recruited a lot of winners, even going back to your '97 uh, team, obviously, which was very special, very similar to this with Beth Cunningham or Neil Ivy and Ruth Riley in 2001. What makes Arike so special that she has single handedly really like changed the conversation around women's basketball right now with her her clutch performances? You know, she really has, and I think it's all about her confidence and her swagger. She has such a great belief in herself, and she has this really short memory. So she didn't know she went one for ten in the first half. She didn't know she made five out of 20 heading into the last shot. She doesn't care about what happened before. She is in yeah. the moment. She's got that great smile that just like, hey, I'm ready. Give me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is the difference because a lot of people would be a little hesitant. Like, I'm not really having a great game. Let's look for somebody else. And she was fine with going to Jessica as the first option. But after that, she was like, give me the ball. 
Wow. I mean, I, I just I just still get chills because, Me you know, too. I mean, in those moments. And in fact, one of my favorite moments, and I, I put this on social media, was my guy, Matt, who I love. OK, <laughs> when I tell you that Matt was behind me before that shot went up and then all of a sudden, as soon as that shot went through, Matt did a he I mean, his sprint was he he picked up record timing and how quickly he got to that bench. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. All I saw was his hat and his, his lime green shirt coming from behind me, darting over towards the bench. It was incredible. But the national championship victory marked your 800th win as a head coach of Notre Dame. You, be, you begin your career at, at Lehigh. Where does this experience in Columbus, where does this stand? And when you look at the stretch of your career, what does it mean to you in this moment? You know, it's so great for the players. And, and the thing that I was talking about with them was so many alums came back. It was so fun after the game to spend time with all the alums. And I said, this is for you guys, for those 17 years in between these two, for all of you who built the program. I mean, it's not, it doesn't happen in one year. There's a lot of uh, little stones that are going into building this thing. And all of them had such a big part of it. So I was happy that we could celebrate with all of them because it's, it's, it's theirs too. It's everybody at Notre Dame for all of our fans. Uh, but for this team to come through this season with the resilience and let adversity just kept knocking us down and we just kept getting back up. So it's, it's great to see somebody rewarded for having to take, uh, take a few lumps along the way. Yeah, I've already made my pitch for 30 for 30. I'm like, listen, ESPN needs to get on this because this this season from Tennessee or even Louisville to, you know, the, the ACL injuries, all of that that has went into this season is just remarkable. There were so many coaches watching this and saying they were inspired. I mean, players inspired saying you can be the underdog. And I mean, you you were arguably, I mean, I mean, guess if you look at a paper, you were the fourth number one seed. Right. You had to go through. Uh, Oregon and Spokane. Then you had to beat UConn, who was undefeated on the season. You had to beat Mississippi State. What would you tell co other coaches that are watching what your team did this year in terms of how you make the special moment happen? You know, I, I think one of the things I've tried to do, which I was not very good at before, is to let your team surprise you, to give them the opportunity. Sometimes as coaches, we know what we can't do. We harp so much on what we can't do. Well, she can't defend, and she's not going to be able to do this, and she can't do that. Instead of saying, you know what, let's give them the opportunity to, to do it. And we focus a lot more on what we had, what we were doing well, and what we thought we had to do to win instead of focusing on here's what we got wrong yesterday. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Now, Coach, before I let you go, I have to ask you about this because in addition to inspiring the world of basketball and the world of sports with your team's performance and what you did this year, you inspired women because you had the all, only all-female staff in the Final Four. Um, you've talked a lot about what your staff means to you, but as this is a moment of empowerment for women, why is that something that's been so important to you throughout your career? You know, it's been important throughout my career, but this year across the country with the Me Too movement, with the Time's Up movement, with all the things that are happening with women stepping forward, I love that our girls can look up to us and see female role models that are in positions of power and to give them that confidence, to instill that confidence because women lack that sometimes. So trying to empower them to know they have a voice. This is a collaboration. This is not a dictatorship. This is about all of us 
rising up and bringing other women with us. And that's what we need to do more in the women's game is reach down, help some of those young women that are just starting a career and show them what they can be. Wow. I love that. And it's been an honor for me to watch you and your staff operate. I always say, I love that Muffet is unapologetically who you are. You know, I mean, you have been <laughs> consistent. You are fierce. You are just as competitive. And, and to be honest, some people don't, they don't, they're not used to seeing women in that light, you know, of, of take yeah. charge, of aggressive, of, hey, this is, my mind's made up. This is what we're doing. Like, you have a, a demeanor. And, and it brings me back to the days of Pat Summit. Pat Summit changed the way the world saw women, not just in sport, but in the world, because she was yeah. dominant. And she was fierce and she was focused and all of a sudden we're like okay and you bought so much you have brought so much of that um in your career as well so just congratulations enjoy this we're so happy for you and thank you more than anything for always taking the time to talk to me and to come on this show with Tarika and I and to share these moments these will be these will be moments we'll replay forever and we'll never forget thank you so much I hope so but let me tell you Latanya you're doing the same thing for women on your side with the broadcasting it is so fun to see you be successful and continue this journey Thank you so much, Coach. I really appreciate it. You've been an advocate and a supporter, and that means more to me than anything. Thank you so, so much. Yes, Tarika. Coach, I just want to let you know (laughs) that I got the best picture of anybody in the tournament because Uh I was able to get a picture of your shoes up close in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I called Hey, Coach, the game had just started, and I saw your shoes, and I said, Muffet has blessed us with the Easter special today. Okay. Yes. Because exactly right. <laughs> everyone was trying to get close to coach. I said, I just need to get a coach. I need to get a picture of those shoes. I have to. Well, uh, they weren't the most well, comfortable, you, but they did look good. They yeah, they look fantastic, and you coached an amazing game. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy this with your family, with Notre Dame. And please tell Matt, we said he's the man. Yeah, we love him. <laughs> please do. Thank, thank you. Fourth quarter, out of bounds. Hey, fans, it's the fourth quarter, and uh, Tarika and I, for our out of bounds this week, are just going to say thank you again to everyone. Um, And just make sure that you are staying up to date on what's happening in women's basketball. The game is growing. This is what we've been waiting for. Uh, what Muffet McGraw talked about social media, there's a strong social media presence for our game of writers, of videographers, of people who are close to these coaches and players all year. And they deserve this. You know, I mean, Arike Agumbawale was great in, in Columbus, but there's been great women's basketball happening all year long. And we want you to support these women, these coaches, um, and where the game is headed. And I just want to send a special shout out to, um, just a few people, Riley Foreman, who helps us with our research. Um, Sarita Cobb is instrumental from the ESPNW side in helping us get three things done. Obviously, uh, Tarika, who, is my backbone and God, where would around the rim be without her? There would not be an around the rim. Uh, Tarika, who else do we, do we want to thank? Um, we definitely want to thank Laura Gentilly for being a special part of what we do and, and helping us yes. to get things done. 
Um, we want to give a shout out to Selena who has jumped on board to help us with our graphics on social media and has yes. done a great job with that as well as Michelle here at ESPNW. We want to thank our host, LaChina Robinson, because clearly oh, who drives the show <laughs> is obviously LaChina Robinson. What she does for the game of basketball is ridiculous. Ooh, whatever. And we love her. Um, but yeah. fans, most importantly, all of you guys that love this show and follow the show during college season continue to do that during WNBA season because the yes. players that are moving mountains on the basketball court for the favorite colleges that you love are now going to be doing the same thing for the favorite professional teams that you love and they still need your support. Yes, they do need your support. Oh yeah, and don't forget um Kelly from the ESPW side, right? Kelly. She helps us. Melanie um, obviously, and all of our guests, I mean, you know, our, our Michelle Vopel, all the players, all the coaches that have taken time. We have never gotten the word no from anyone in terms of coming on this show. So thank you all. This is not our show. This is your show. We appreciate your support of Around the Rim. And we will see you as we prepare for WNBA season. As Tarika said, we'll be back. We'll be back. Signing off. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.